we have an employee resource group as well that is focused on gender equity within the company. And we were just talking about similar shared experiences of clothes not properly fitting and whether the vest that we had came in smaller sizes for smaller framed individuals. So for us, it was important that we had vests that fit everybody. And, and sometimes it's women, but sometimes it's gender non-conforming or even males who are just smaller framed and require a smaller fitting vest. And so this was a topic that as we commiserated on some of our challenges on our job site, we talked about and figured, well, why isn't this something that we can just fix and deal with right now? And why isn't this something that we can start introducing in our project teams and give them the option to have a smaller fitting desk? Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, and since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. Kat Von Kamrath and Laura Beneteau have both worked in the construction industry for about 10 years. A few years ago, in each of their company's employee resource groups, they started talking about the fact that standard issue safety vests that they wear every day don't fit women's bodies very well. Kat is in the U.S. and Laura is in Canada, and they were both able to bring this issue up with senior management, and they got the go-ahead to order some new vests. It turned out that it wasn't that straightforward. In this episode, we talk about the importance of having personal protective equipment that fits, the impact on psychological safety and a feeling of belonging, and two different paths that led to the same result, which is having safety vests that fit properly. Do you know what the number one question we get when speaking to companies about our Leadership Accelerator program for women in construction? We already have an internal leadership program or a mentorship program available, which is great. But the thing is, these programs don't work the same way for women as they do for men. There are many reasons why, but the most striking one, one that if you're a woman listening right now, you'll probably recognize right away. It's the double bind. We did some research last year and found that 78% of women were told that if they wanted to accelerate their path to leadership, they needed to be more confident. But 70% of those same women were also told that they were being too bossy. Basically, as soon as a woman embodies the traits most typically associated with leadership in the construction industry, they're faced with negative feedback. This is the double bind. And this is why specialized training for women is needed. If you want to learn more about how our Leadership Accelerator program can help you address the double bind and many other obstacles women face on the path to leadership, please visit ambitiontheory.com forward slash LAP.
Pat and Laura, welcome to Ambition Theory, Women in Construction. I met you, Kat, in person. And Laura, I met you on LinkedIn. And both of you were doing this incredible work of bringing safety vests that fit different body types to your companies. And I wanted to invite you onto the podcast to talk about how you got there and how it's going, because it's so fascinating to me. Laura's in Canada, Kat is in the US, that these two companies are on very similar journeys at the exact same time. And I'm just so honored that you said yes to this interview and I can't wait to dive in. So Laura, welcome. Can you introduce yourself and tell me what you do and what you're all about? Yeah, my name is Laura Benito. I am an assistant superintendent with Elliston in Toronto, Canada. I've been with Elliston for four years and have been in the construction industry for nine years. My background is a Bachelor of Applied Science in Civil Engineering, and I also have an MBA as well, which have really lent itself well to construction management, and it's been a really rewarding career so far. Right now, I am working on a hospital that is currently being renovated. We're demolishing a portion of the building that was built in 1910, and we're going to be rebuilding it back up later this year. So it's been an exciting project, and lucky to have a supportive team who's been with us on this journey of the safety vest and have really been big proponents of in the inclusiveness of these vests and, and what we're trying to bring across the organization. I love it. And what do you love about working in the construction industry? Every day is different and you have no issues getting your steps in in the day. It's a very active job where you're able to go out and see cool things happening every single day. And I think it's really interesting to learn more about how our world is built around us and all of the different people that play a role in the construction of, of everything from large-scale buildings to residential homes to our city infrastructure. It's just fascinating to learn all about these different roles and responsibilities and to see things come to life in front of you. It's definitely very rewarding. Awesome. Thank you. So Kat, can you introduce yourself and share what you're all about? Yeah. So I've been in the industry for a little over 10 years, an entire time with Zachary Construction. I do have my civil engineering degree from the University of Utah. I started as an estimator and then grew into a field engineer role out in the field. And then uh, a few years ago, I was promoted into a project engineer role. Now I'm about to transition into a corporate role and start to learn a new side of the business with bonding and surety. That's really exciting. And Kat, what do you love about construction? The instantaneous gratification of seeing the job site change every day is really one of my favorite parts. And then also when you have a really good team and you're able to work well with them, that that it brings me so much joy to be able to, to work so cohesively with everyone. Love it. So it's so interesting. So both of your companies have recently embarked on these initiatives to get safety vests that fit women's bodies. I'm really excited about it because personal protective equipment that fits is really important to feel like you belong. Like if the vest doesn't fit, it doesn't look like you belong on the job site. People might be confused as to why you're there. So having that sense of belonging from having clothes that fit, 
is so, so important. So that's why kind of like the angle of this, I know this touches a lot of angles, but that's the angle that's the most exciting for me and why I wanted to interview both of you. But I want to start with Kat. I'm wondering if you can take us back to when the company realized that this was an issue or this could create an opportunity. So it's been on our mind for a while through our employee resource group. However, this was a recent opportunity that we had to start focusing on women's PPE. And so personally, I first experienced PPE challenges not related to safety events, but related to boots and finding boots that fit. When I was on a job in a rural part of California, I did not have access to any stores really that... uh, had women's boots. And so everything was looking online. And then also trying to find something that was railroad compliant was also a challenge because they don't always tell you this technical specifications of the boots when you're looking at them and shopping online. Okay. So then what happened next? So we have tabled with it for a while, but we brought it back up. We're looking at more than just safety vests for women. We're looking at also hard hats across the company and possibly going to a helmet style. And so that's something that we're considering as well. As part of this safety broader initiative, we are looking at the safety vest and that's how it came about. Okay. Laura, how about you? How did this idea get started? How did you kind of uncover this opportunity? So similar to Kat, we have an employee resource group as well that is focused on gender equity within the company. And we were just talking about similar shared experiences of clothes not properly fitting and whether the vest that we had came in smaller sizes for smaller framed individuals. So for us, it was important that we had vests that fit everybody. And, and sometimes it's women, but sometimes it's gender non-conforming or even males who are just smaller framed and require a smaller fitting vest. And so this was a topic that as we commiserated on some of our challenges on our job site, we talked about and figured, well, why isn't this something that we can just fix and deal with right now? And why isn't this something that we can start introducing in our project teams and give them the option to have a smaller fitting vest. Okay. I love it. And so, okay. So you realize there's this opportunity to get vests that fit properly. And it was not as simple as going online or going to your safety supplier, click, click, click. It's here, which you would norm, which I, I understand is like the normal process for getting any type of PPE. So tell me what that was like trying to find them. Yeah. So for us, we went to all of our standard manufacturers and distributors that we would normally get our safety gear through. And we started ordering the samples of what they considered to be their women's best. And as we're receiving these samples, they're basically like flimsy vests that have no structure to them. They will fall apart in about five seconds of wearing them on an actual job site. More often than not, they were. And lastly, the one thing that was like our biggest concern was They had no pockets. And as somebody who spends a lot of time on site, the pockets on safety vests are like the most important part about them because you can be out there for hours and hours on end and you never know what you're going to need and what tools you're going to need on you when you're out there. And so these vests that we had, they just weren't acceptable for what the intention and what the use was going to be. So um, we decided to consider partnering with some other organizations local to us just through some 
network connections that we had had. And we thought that having additional buying power might be the thing that would convince these manufacturers to produce the vest that we needed. And ultimately, that was not the route to go. And, and we found that by using some of our existing connections in our network, we were able to partner a local company that they spend most of their time working in formal wear for men and women. And they were willing to work with us to produce the safety vest that we needed that would be suitable for all of our needs. And so we were lucky enough to get to partner with them and, and go through an entire design process from start to finish to make a vest that really works for what we needed it to do. I find that so interesting that you, that you weren't able to get like an existing safety supplier to create these products for you. And I'm just so curious, like the attitude of the, this formula company that you went with, like, like what was the attitude? Cause I just, I, when I think of that, it's like, this is their wheelhouse. And then you're coming to them with like this new opportunity. What was that like? I think for them, it was an opportunity coming out of the pandemic where their business obviously had been affected by the world staying at home. And so I think for them, it was good timing to expand their business and what they offer and also help out a client that they had done work with in the past. And so it seems like a good fit. And they are a really innovative company that, that is family owned and operated and They've gone through a lot of changes over the years that they've been in business. And so I think this was just like a natural progression for them to move into something that is a little bit different, but ultimately has the same goal as providing people with well-fitted clothes that make them feel good and that allow them to feel their best, to do their best. And so they were really excited to get on board. And, and I think for us, this is like definitely just the beginning of like starting with safety vests, but can grow into so much more in the future. I love that perspective because I was confused when you're telling me this formal wear company is making the best. When you think about the culture and the core values of that formal wear company, you said it, it's like helping people feel their best, helping people look their best, helping people have clothes that fit. And that's literally at the end of the day, what your goal was. So I love that you were able to connect on really below the surface, like that human aspect of what do safety products do need to do. And then you got to create this opportunity together that is benefiting both businesses. So I love that aspect of the story. Thank you so much for sharing that, Laura. Kat, how about you? Can you talk about how you went about kind of making the vests available to people at Zachary? Yeah, definitely. But first of all, what a cool story that Laura just shared. That's that's an awesome way to go about it. Uh, for my company, we we went through a more traditional approach and that we are using a market solution, but we really ran into the same problems with Laura, especially regarding pockets. If the vest did have pockets, they were sized down. And so you couldn't even fit a phone. So we kind of came up with some criteria that we wanted to have of does it do the job? Does it meet the standards? And then is it comfortable? Because we feel if you can meet those three things, then people will use it in the field and it's going to be a safe option. So does it do the job? Very simply, if it doesn't have the pockets needed, it's not doing the job. And then for meeting the standards, we wanted something that was already OSHA rated. And so our vests are OSHA class two vests. And then is it comfortable? That was again, another really key feature because if it's not comfortable or better than what is currently out there and we're providing to our crews, like they're not going to use it. And we, we totally understand that. 
So that was really what our focus was. There weren't a lot of market options when we were first looking. And so we ordered some samples and if you held them up to the existing vest that we currently had, you would say that you could see in the photos, they looked a little bit more curvy or had more shape to them. But then when you got them, they were just like a line at most. And so it wasn't really useful in that regard. And then the other thing that we had an issue was, was once we settled on a solution, they were back ordered. And so we could only get certain sizes and then it's taken two months to get the remaining sizes that we needed. And then the very last thing is gaining those approvals and communicating with corporate to ensure that this is going to get implemented across the entire company. Okay. And so you're kind of like, both of you are kind of like in it, right? It's not the, pro this program is not completely rolled out yet, right? You're still kind of nearing the end, but not there yet in the final push. So I'm really curious what happened when you announced that this was happening. So Laura, I'll start with you. Yeah. So, I mean, for those of us that like have been working on this project, I know um, you and I have chatted before and we've said that we've been working on this since October of 2021 and we're in 2023 now. So those initial conversations were happening over a year and a half ago. And so for those of us that are like really involved in it, like it's like, oh, I can't believe we're getting to this point. And it's really exciting to see it come to fruition. A lot of the reactions that we've gotten from the our male counterparts has been, I didn't really realize that this was an issue. And when you explain it to them, and, and for us, we were able to put together a promotional video explaining the importance of the vest and why they were important. And people are watching that video and kind of understanding why this is an initiative that was important. And so I think for most people, they just, they didn't know. And I find like a lot with DEI initiatives, like people don't know what they don't know. And so this was a really cool learning opportunity for people to think about those other people that they work with in the workforce and how their abilities, disabilities, genders, all of those different factors kind of play into how everybody does their jobs individually. And I like to think that this gives them the opportunity to just think a little bit deeper about the people that they work with and what factors may influence them when they're doing their work days. And obviously, everybody's situations are different. So this kind of opens the door to that further conversation about what else needs to be done for to make the, our workplaces accessible for everybody in every sort of way. And so that's been a really interesting part of this rollout. And then I think the other part too is there's been some hesitation of like, well, I don't know how much of a difference this is really going to make. And so for us, we sent the samples on a nationwide tour and we mailed them out to our different site offices uh, across the country. And gave our employees the opportunity to like actually try on the vest and see how they fit them and get a sense of like what size they would want. And that way we could kind of take that information back when we're placing our company-wide order. And so what we found was after people had tried on the vest, they understood it themselves. So at first it was like, well, my regular vest is fine. It does the job. I don't need anything fancy. And then once they realized like how much better this fits and how much more comfortable it is and how much more they can like relax when they wear the vest. Like that was the biggest thing for me was like, it just fits so much better. And having had to wear a regular unisex, which is code for male vest for all these years, you just like assume that that's the way it has to be. And then you try on something that's properly fitted and you're like, wow, what a difference. And so I think it's been 
all sorts of different reactions from all sorts of people who are just kind of learning about why this is important. And I think now that it's been out there for a couple of months, people are really starting to get excited about it. That's really cool. I love the ripple effects. There's so many ripple effects of like this initiative of having that vest, then the the vest that fits. And I feel like this is just the beginning for you. Like I, like it's just getting started. And I feel like there's going to be even more stories of people feeling more confident, people feeling like they're belonging, people learning, people getting curious. It's so exciting. Kat, how was, how's the rollout been for you? So Andrew actually saw our initial rollout. We had an internal women's leadership conference in November of 2022. And so during that, at the, we did a little five minute intro of it. I came up on stage with the vest, explained all the features and explained why I thought this was the best solution out on the market currently. And then during break, we had samples set out for everyone to test and then also enough sizes so that folks could bring them home and back to their job sites and start testing them themselves. We wanted to make sure that this was going to be the right solution just because I might think it might it might work for, you know, everything doesn't mean that it it will. And so we wanted their feedback. The last few months they've provided some great feedback and it is a solution that we're going to go forth with. And so we are going to roll it out company wide with Women in Construction Week. I love it. So now I know like it was kind of like really hard to get to this point, but now that you're kind of in the rollout phase, has there been any roadblocks or difficulties at this uh, stage in the game? When I started Ambition Theory over five years ago, I knew that if we genuinely wanted to make the construction industry inclusive for women, that change needed to start at the top. But five years ago, nobody was ready to hear this message. Something has shifted recently, though, and it's really exciting. Organizations are reaching out because they want us to do a presentation for their leadership teams, and in some cases, the entire company. They see that up until now, the burden of change has rested entirely on the shoulders of women. If this message speaks to your association or company, we want to hear from you. Visit ambitiontheory.com forward slash book a call to learn how you can book a presentation for your organization. So yeah, not really so many like roadblocks per se yet that we've encountered. It's really been about education, as Laura had mentioned earlier educating our safety personnel that, hey, this is needed and this is the solution that we're going to go with. We also have a safety training trailer that's a travel trailer where we that goes around to all the job sites. One of those vests is now hanging up in that travel trailer. So that can help roll it out as well. And then just sharing constantly and communicating the need that this is available. The next thing that we're doing is trying to get it stocked by our primary safety company that we order from so that any job can have it and it's already on the shelf ready to go in multiple sizes. Oh, I love it. So it's really like, it sounds like it's like you got the vest and now it's like the, now you need to educate people on using it, let people know that it's there. Cause it's not like just because you ordered them, they're going to be used. Like it's there's like, that's kind of like where the work almost begins again is getting it rolled out and helping people know that it's there and educating people. 
Right. And our engineers are the ones that order most of our safety supplies on the projects as needed. We'll reorder things. And so it's getting them as well aware of it so that they know that this is a product that has been added to our, our safety hot list. Okay, cool. And has the react- how's the reaction been with the engineers? So far, so good. They, they understand it and haven't, you know, made any comments otherwise. <laughs> Love it. Laura, how about you? How is the rollout coming along? Yeah, so for us, because we went with our, our friends at the formula company, so I have to shout them out. The company is called MD Bespoke, and they've actually created a, a separate kind of brand title called Safety Bespoke. And they're the ones that are running with this for us. And so they are really, really good. But because this is not something that they normally do in just with COVID, there's been lots of supply chain challenges. And so for us, it's just been making sure that we're able to access all of the materials that we need in order to make them. And so that delayed our rollout a little bit initially, but we are in the midst of collecting all of the information we need to get those into production. And so we're excited to have those in the next few months. And similar to what Kat was saying about just making people aware that these are the standard and that these are available. And oftentimes projects will say, well, we don't have the cost to purchase this specific piece, or we already have a stock of safety vests. We're not going to pay extra money to order any others. And so for us, it's been from a corporate perspective of how to translate that message that these safety vests are being purchased and they're going to be available and that that cost aspect is not going to be a reason why an individual is not going to receive their best. And so um, that's been really important is just to make sure that everybody knows that it is there and it is available to them if they want it. And that our hope is that we will have the stock moving forward to be able to just offer these as new hires start with the company or somebody who's been in an office role is moving into a site-based role and and that vest is just there and ready and they don't have to do anything special to get it. So that is like the end goal, but it'll take just a little while to get there still. Amazing. I love it. So you talked a lot, both of you already shared some of the benefits that you've seen already from this initiative. Is there anything else kind of like beyond safety that either you've seen or you hope to see in the future? There's definitely a psychological safety aspect to this. By having clothes that fit, you're able to focus on your job and you're not really thinking about, you know, as you're climbing a ladder, like I need to keep my safety vest on or, you know, when you put your phone in your pocket, et cetera, and now you're weighted differently. And so your vest is falling off of you again. And so really it's, it's about taking out a barrier for those, you know, who, who have never had a solution. And it's low-hanging fruit, in my opinion, to come up with a safety vest that fits everyone. And so this is a way to knock it out of the park and on we go. I love it. Laura, how about you? Yeah, I think this is kind of just the beginning of what safety attire looks like. And to Kat's point earlier, it goes far beyond just vests. There's parkas, there's boots, there's all sorts of different kinds of clothes that are worn by like construction management personnel, but also our trades workers as well. And I think as construction managers, we have this large scale opportunity to kind of start the change in the industry because usually we're larger. Usually we have a bit more resources when it comes to these kinds of things. And so most of the companies that work for us as subcontractors don't necessarily have the same opportunities and connections to be able to take on these initiatives. So I think like 
by us kind of starting and get the ball rolling and get the word out there that this is an opportunity and this is a possibility and, and this is how these other smaller companies can kind of tag along and, and join us on that journey. I think it's just a really big opportunity to start making large scale change and into Cat's point, like something that isn't so low hanging fruit, that is something that it should not be a conversation, but is really only starting to become a conversation and gives us the opportunity to make people feel like they belong and to make people comfortable. Like I, I cannot stress the difference in what these vests do as somebody who like spent all day working on site. Like the comfort level is just like night and day different. And it really makes it easier to focus on your job and doing what you're there to do rather than figuring out if the winter coat that you have is going to properly fit under your vest or if the sweater that you want to wear that day is going to be supportive enough to hold your vest in the right place. And all of those little things that like factor into your decision-making on what you wear to work every day. And so I think it's just a really good opportunity for us to start focusing on how to make the workplace more inclusive. And it starts with these vests and it starts with safety wear and PPE. And like this just begins a conversation on DEI and what that means in construction in general. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. So this actually is a great segue to my last question. So we always encourage people to take action within 24 hours. And you said, Laura, and I know both of your companies have very robust employee resource groups. They've been around for a couple of years. So you, and you have that support from senior leadership. You said it, Laura, not every company has the resources, not everybody not every company even has the critical mass of people to have an employee resource group. So for people who are just getting started and they're like, I want to do something like this. I want to get awareness up. I want to kind of move forward in this direction. I like this idea. What's something that they can do within 24 hours just to get the ball rolling? I'll start with you, Kat. So if you're just focusing on safety vests and looking for safety options, I would start by researching what options are out there. They are in bringing more products to market recently. And so the market is changing as a result. And then the second thing, if you're wanting a broader initiative of, you know, more inclusive, more inclusivity for women in construction you know, make a work plan of what you want to do, something that has tangible results, and then break down those little tasks into tiny pieces and start chipping away at it. So when you were starting the employee resource group, Kat, what was kind of like the first step that that you took? I have a little half sheet word document and it is my work plan. It was what my goals were, what I thought that we could accomplish and how in two sentences, I thought that I could do it. And who did you share that with? So initially, I had the opportunity to share that with David Zachary, who is the owner of our company. Our company is Zachary Construction, and we're about to turn 100 years old. So I had the opportunity to sit down with him and then also one of our directors and present this idea. And that's where the group started. Okay. So it's just getting that buy-in, putting yourself out there, writing it down. And I love that you said, I wrote it down in two sentences. So having like something really short. And I also love that it was opportunity focused instead of, it, it, it wasn't negative. It was very about the goals that you wanted to achieve, what the opportunity was. So thank you for sharing that, Kat. Laura, how about you? What's a great way for people to just get started if they 
either want to start looking at safety vests or if they want to kind of get more support for women in construction at their company? Yeah, I think in general, like if we're if we're talking about the safety vest in particular, right? Like lately, there's been lots of articles in construction news papers and newsletters and just the general news that you can read these articles, get the stories that people are sharing about why this is important and kind of collect some of those resources together and and share them with the people that are decision makers in, in your company and and find a way to connect them with the problem. Because like I said before, people don't know what they don't know. And so for a lot of people, this may not even be on their radar. So how can you use the information that's out there already to bring this up as a problem? And then to Kat's point, you have to be ready with the solution. If people are busy, they do not have a lot of spare time in their day. And they, especially the decision makers, aren't necessarily going to take the time to come up with the solution themselves. So having some sort of conversation that is solution-based is really going to make the difference. And whether that's connecting with a company that's already doing it, whether it's Elliston or Zachary Construction, like if it's connecting with us to find out how we're doing it, what we're going about as far as the process to get this to their organizations, like that is a resource or just utilizing the companies that exist out there already, like Kat said, and finding what's in your area, what's local to you. And there are companies that are starting to do this and it might not be the one size fits all that you need for your particular sector of the industry. Like you might have specific needs for the specific work that you're doing. And so you might need a more custom solution. And so for the the main part, it's just do your research, talk to like-minded individuals that you know you can share the load with because it's a lot of work behind the scenes and, and one person doing it is not always the most feasible. So find people that you can share that experience with and come up with a plan and connect with people who are already doing it. So then that way you can get some advice and information from them so to make it a little bit easier because you don't need to reinvent the wheel once it's already been done. So I love that's it. What I would say. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your story. So is it okay if people connect with you on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. Please, please, please reach out. You know, we have lots of opinions, I'm sure, between Laura and I on, you know, our experiences and then also the other things that we've seen happen in the industry and with other companies. You know, this is not just a one person band. This is a team effort for everyone. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, before you go, I wanted to take a minute to read a review of our podcast. This one is from Angelider in Canada. Andrea is a world-class trainer, coach, and speaker. Her work here on the podcast is evidence of that expertise. As an engineer, I've seen firsthand how difficult it can be for women to thrive in the construction industry. Andrea's advice is not only spot on, it's actionable. I can guarantee that those who take action on Andrea's guidance will find a near immediate impact to their careers and lives and will set themselves up for next level success in the long run. Thank you so much for that generous review. We really love hearing from our listeners and I'm wondering if I can ask you a favor. Can you take a minute and leave us a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcasts? That really helps us to get the word out so that we can keep making episodes for you for free. Thank you for listening.